This is my mommy. This is my mommy. Welcome to the chef. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. If you're loving this podcast, we would be so honored if you subscribe, rate, and review. This helps others to find our podcast and helps us to continue to provide the content that you love. You can always find us on Instagram. We're at Nani and Mom Podcast. That's N-O-N-N-I-E and Mom Podcast to stay up to date with our new episodes. We would also love if you send us a voice message through the show notes or shoot us an email to Nani and Mom Podcast at gmail.com for episode ideas or specific questions. So, Mom, what are we talking about today? Well, today is a Beauty and the Beat edition episode, which I'm really excited for. I was hoping that we could talk about blood sugar regulation. Ooh, that's a good one. I need a lot of help with that. Yeah, I think we all do. And this has been one of my most favorite topics that we have learned about at school is the blood sugar regulation module. And so much of what I'm learning about, I still have so much hindsight for that how the changes that I have made were directly affecting things like blood sugar without even realizing it because I was not educated on what blood sugar regulation even is. Hmm. I want to know more about that. Yeah. So let's start first with like a very basic overview of blood sugar regulation. I'm not an expert and I'm going to do the very best I can to uh, explain it simply because I'm still wrapping my head around all of the finer details of this concept. But basically what happens is glucose enters the bloodstream, uh, which glucose is the other word for blood sugar. That's what we mean when we refer to blood sugar is the, the amount of glucose that is in our blood. We use glucose for energy, so we convert it to ATP for all of our cells to use for energy. If uh, our body wants the blood sugar to be in a certain within a certain range uh, to maintain homeostasis, If there's too much glucose in the blood, then our body converts the extra to store in the liver and the skeletal muscles as glycogen. So glycogen is basically just the stored form of glucose. The the blood sugar range should basically look like an equal sign. So if you imagine an equal sign and you would want to have a gentle wave arcing from the top line down to the bottom line, back up to the top line, down to the bottom line, so on and so forth, slowly rising and falling. Okay. So that's what your blood sugar should look like. And the equal sign is that the top equal sign, of course, is your body's threshold for the highest amount of glucose in the body. And the bottom line of the equal sign would be your body's threshold for the lowest level of glucose in your bloodstream before it's considered an emergency and you want to raise it again. So is that different for everybody? There are general guidelines of what the blood sugar amount in your um, system should be. So a normal, uh, and this is this is very broad. So again, everything is very bio-individual, but if you go to the doctor, they would say that a normal blood, fasting blood glucose, a normal... <laughs> Fasting blood glucose level is less than 100 mg slash DL. So when you, if you have a blood glucose monitor, that's what they're going to tell you is that anything under 100 is considered quote unquote normal. Now, with the caveat of saying that there is a lot of science that's coming out now that says that optimal 
is probably even lower. So an optimal fasting blood glucose would be closer to 80. Is that wow. milligrams per deciliter? I should have probably looked that up yeah. before we started. <laughs> wow. That's really like, I know that when I'm at 80 right now, I am not in a good place. I'm shaky. I'm having a hard time thinking straight. Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can barely get my blood sugar red because it's, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. And so the fascinating thing, it, that's probably, so the, the upper range, so the postprandial is what it's called, aka post meal. So the upper range of blood glucose would want to be around 140. And that is typically, you know, within two hours of eating, you'd want to be around that range. So most likely, I would assume that yours is just resting potentially at a higher level than that. And your body is just used to a higher resting blood glucose amount. So there, there again, that's if you go to the doctor and you test at a fasting level of 100 or less, then that's considered normal. But again, there's a, there's more and more studies that are coming out about blood sugar and even like continuous blood glucose monitors are becoming more common. I won't say to the public, obviously, but to not pre-diabetic or diabetic people who want to optimize their their health. Because the cool thing, one I think one cool thing that I really like about blood sugar and learning about it is that it is a tangible it, it is a tangible way for you to see what's happening in your body. You can buy a blood glucose monitor relatively inexpensively, the finger prick kind. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't want to just arbitrarily test based on, the, especially based on the numbers that I just read out to you. You want to make sure that you're doing this in conjunction with uh, a doctor or with some more guidelines specifically because you want to be checking, you know, at a, at a minimum at the same time every day and, and within the same time frame because not just food can affect your blood sugar levels. There are tons of things that can cause your blood sugar to, to ebb and flow. So you don't necessarily want to just be testing arbitrarily, but it is a good resource to have in your back pocket to learn more about your body if you're interested in seeing what your levels look like and how you can fine tune your day to day activity to to kind of keep your body in the in the ranges that are most appropriate for you. What other kinds of things load into our blood sugar? Well, just about everything. <laughs> Obviously, one of the main one of the main factors is stress. So we we talked a little bit about, well, actually we didn't. We didn't quite get into how it should work. So let's talk first about how your blood sugar should be working on a very basic level, like what it should look okay. like, what's actually firing. So what, which organ do you think controls the regulation of blood sugar? I would think the liver, but I don't know, honestly. Yeah. So th the liver does play a really big part. And for a long time, scientists believed that the liver and the pancreas were making all of the decisions as it relates to blood sugar. But actually, your blood sugar regulation begins in your brain. Um, your brain is actually the organ that gets the input about your levels of blood glucose in your blood and decides... Oh, is that that whole leptin and ghrelin and all that stuff going on yes. up there? So it, it all factors in. So your brain actually reads. So basically, it's like your 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 brain recognizes the amount of glucose in your blood. And then it sends the signals to all of the peripheral organs that are involved in your blood sugar regulation, which are your pancreas, your adrenal glands, adipose tissue, which is your fat tissue, and your liver and your skeletal muscles. So those are the five main organs plus your brain that are involved. So yes, your, your pancreas and your liver are doing a lot of the work as it relates to your blood sugar regulation 
happen, but these signals start in your brain. In the brain. Um, Yes. And so beautiful computer in your head. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So your pancreas is actually the organ that is responsible for the key hormones that are involved in blood sugar regulation. The most commonly familiar term that that you hear is insulin, which is the hormone made by the pancreas that helps us get excess glucose out of the blood and into our cells for storage. So insulin takes the glucose and allows it to be stored in your liver, in your skeletal muscles. And we actually have a finite amount of space in both your liver and your skeletal muscles for glucose. And once those are full, then the rest of extra glucose gets stored in in fat cells as triglycerides. Okay. Yeah, I know. Digesting all of that information. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. The other hormone. So so somehow or another, like if your blood glucose is not regulated, it's going to get translated into triglycerides in 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 your. So if yeah, and that's that's how it's supposed to be. So if you have too much blood or if you have too much sugar in your blood, then the body is designed to use insulin to get extra sugar into the blood. I'm sorry, (laughs) into your cells. And once your cells are full, so like I said, your liver and your skeletal muscles store energy for use later. But there's only a, a like it's like a cup. Once the cup is full, you can't put any more in there. And once those storages are full, then the body converts that extra that's in the blood because we want to maintain in between those equal signs. Um, So in order to get our body within those equal signs, any extra glucose that's hanging out, we store in our fat cells as triglycerides, which then are supposed to be used later when our blood glucose is too low. Our body turns around and accesses stored glucose, which is called glycogen, but we turn around and we want to access what's being stored. And the hormone related to that is called glucagon. It's the hormone that the pancreas releases to help us get that energy back into the bloodstream. And that is when, like, say towards the end of a fast, and by fast, I just mean in between meals. So you've eaten, it's been a couple hours, your blood sugar is dropping, the brain would then send a signal to the pancreas to make glucagon to say, hey, guys, we need more energy, take some of this energy out of the cells out of the liver out of the skeletal muscles and put it back in the bloodstream because we need some energy. Hmm. It's so I'm trying to digest this. Mm-hmm. Here's here's my thing. And I'm, I'm wondering if my system is just weird and broken. You know, I've had I got diagnosed with diabetes a few years ago, but my triglycerides are always great. And it's fascinating to me that it seems like those two things would walk together, right? Like if you have diabetes, your A1C and your blood glucose is always too high, Mm -hmm. that maybe your triglycerides would be too high as well. Anyway, that's just something to munch on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's, I don't know if I'm I don't think I can answer your question, but it's a good, it's something definitely to ponder. One way I think to look at it is that when blood glucose is elevated or we are constantly supplying our blood with fresh glucose, and by that I mean eating yeah, eating um, too much of the wrong stuff. Right. Then mm-hmm. it's kind of in my like the way I see that it would be that our body is using the incoming source of energy constantly by way of just 
having to use the glucose oh. that we're giving it opposed to yeah. accessing stored stored or energy storing it mm-hmm. right it doesn't so need to it, store it because too much is coming in that makes correct. sense and so it could be that it's kind of like if a if a stalker at a grocery store got a new shipment in and they just put the new stuff right on the very front empty spot on the shelf without bringing the back stock mm-hmm. forward so that's something that can go wrong with blood glucose is that if we're continually giving the body a source of glucose by either eating a lot of highly refined sugars or carbohydrates or refined oils, or if we're eating all the time, because eating constantly can uh, prevent, again, prevent our body from allowing it to fall. We do want it to rise and fall because we want to be Mm -hmm. able to use those stored, the stored energy. And if we're constantly feeding it, that, that will prevent us from being able to cycle through stored energy. And it will also keep our body at an elevated glucose level. Um, Oh, that makes so much sense. mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, which could, you know, be a a lot of one thing you hear a lot right now is insulin resistance. And all that means is that our cells don't want to let glucose in to be stored. So our body continues to to pump out insulin to say, hey, we have glucose in the blood. I want to store it away. But the cells are like, nah, bro, like this key doesn't work. I'm not letting you in. And so then the glucose continues to circulate in the blood. And that is an activity that can lead to prediabetes and diabetes. So we may have to have another episode about uh, if and when, I don't even know if you've learned this yet, about how do you combat insulin de- uh, resistance and yeah, I think nutrition. That, yeah, that is a definitely a very bio-individualized question. And I think, of course, I need to remind everybody that this episode is for educational purposes only. Um, and if you do decide to make any changes to your nutrition or um, lifestyle to regulate your blood sugar, you need to be doing it in conjunction with a professional who can walk you through your specific details. Because especially if especially if you are on any type of uh, medications that are helping to balance your blood sugar, then that would need to be coordinated with your healthcare provider to make sure that you are not upsetting your homeostasis further. Right. I think you Um, might need to define homeostasis. I think homeostasis is a word that we're common with, you know, as practitioners, but I don't know that everybody understands what homeostasis is. Do you want to define homeostasis? (laughs) (laughs) No. So homeostasis is just how... how the body likes to keep things the same. Mm-hmm. Homeostasis is, you know, the body the body has a set point that it likes. And even if it's dysfunctional, sometimes it's how the body likes to keep it the same. So mm-hmm. just a, that's a quick and dirty homeostasis. Yeah. Yes. And so definition. our, I mean, that that's a good segue into, you know, that is the driving factor of why our body does what it does. It is everything is driven in order to maintain homeostasis. And if there is an emergency in one area of your body that is like front and center, your your body's going to steal from somewhere else to get that into homeostasis. And so the more things that you can bring into balance for your body, the the better off you'll be holistically because everything will be more balanced. I think that with blood sugar regulation, one major factor that plays into it that is not food related is stress. Mm -hmm. So we do want to talk about why, what role the adrenals play in 
blood sugar because it's important. They should play a very small role in blood sugar regulation, but what has ended up happening is that they are playing a larger part in blood sugar regulation that is causing stress on our bodies. So the adrenals are little glands that sit on top of your kidneys and they release norepinephrine, epinephrine, and cortisol when the body senses stress. So for example, if you're being chased by a bear, this would be the system that's in place to help give you the energy to run away. But our body also recognizes an emergency when our blood sugar is too low. So when our blood sugar goes below that lower equal sign, our body sees that as an emergency and it calls on your adrenals to pump out epinephrine, norepinephrine, and cortisol to give you energy because it's a quicker process than getting the glucagon into your system to release the stored forms of glucose. So when we skip breakfast or we skip lunch because we're working, our body is reacting in the same way as if we were being chased by a bear. So one way that we can reduce the amount of stress that we're putting on the systems in our body that are there to react to stress would be to eat breakfast and not skip lunch. And it's really crazy to think about that. I just, I never really thought about that in in my process. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so it's easy to skip breakfast or it used to be for me Mm -hmm. uh, until I started learning more about skipping breakfast and how important it is to not do that. Yeah, right. And it's it's hard. And there are so many other factors that that play into it. It's not just your blood sugar regulation that that may be contributing to hunger or lack thereof. But like biologically speaking, our body's ability to raise low blood sugar is the way it's designed. Mm -hmm. Think about our ancestors. Food was scarce. And so our body is designed to react that way to give us the energy when we might be in a more food scarce time in our life. And when we came across simple carbohydrates like honey or fruit, our bodies biologically say, eat all of me because you might not see me again for a very long time. But obviously the problem now is that simple carbohydrates have become a commodity. They are very much being, we get taken advantage of because the food companies put sugar in everything to make us want more. And so Mm -hmm. until the modern world, you know, until a hundred years ago, there was not an emergency for us to have to lower our blood sugar. We need, there was always an emergency where we would need to raise blood sugar because we were operating on food scarcity. But Until the introduction of refined sugars in the main, like, American diet, it was never an emergency. Like, people's blood sugar was just never too high. So that is... Oh, wow. That's so true. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. And when you think about it that way, here's the thing. I I feel like oh, I have makes a me lot. mad. <laughs> it makes me mad. Makes me mad. <laughs> I get riled up. But I also think that once you can understand that, once you wrap your head around the fact that these the food industry does this to make money, then I feel like you can give yourself a lot more grace because yes. this is you know I think in your in people's head they're like I just I can't quit sugar it's so hard we are biologically designed to eat sugar when we come across Mm -hmm. it. And now Mm -hmm. it is more prevalent than ever. And so once I think Mm -hmm. that 
you know, ha- arming yourself with the knowledge that the big food companies are doing this entirely on purpose to make money, then you can start to take hold of your your health and you can understand that. It doesn't make it necessarily easier, but I think it gives you some grace so that you're not so hard on yourself for where you might be with your relationship with sugar or and it's not just sugar that, you know, does it just in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mom, do you think that we are going to need to make this a two-part episode? We may we may need to come back if anybody has any other specific questions that uh, we want to cover for blood sugar regulation. I really want y'all's feedback on what you think about this type of content, because this is in line with what I'm learning in order to become a nutritional therapy practitioner. And I want to be able to, you know, verbalize the things that I'm learning and have it be helpful. So please definitely um, give us some feedback if you love this episode and any specific questions that you have about blood sugar or um, nutrition in general. We would love to cover them in future episodes. Sounds good. See you soon.